This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Well, a very happy new year to every one of you. Thank you. Now you're all there. It's a great day to be at church. I know the weather's not all the best in the world, but it's a great place to come and connect with God. I want to say welcome to this community of faith or family of believers, no matter how you term it. And I have a couple things to say to you, especially if you're new to New Life. Um, If you hang around here any length of time at all, you will find out that this is a very open community of faith. You don't have to earn your way in. We don't have the sort of good old boys club that you have to hang around a long time to be part of. Everybody that walks through the door is just as welcome as those who walk through the door the Sunday before or 50 Sundays before. It's an open community of faith where we seek to connect with God. And the great thing about connecting with God is He changes our lives for the better. And so uh, I've been a Christian for many years, and I am growing. I'm learning. I'm developing. God is working in my life. And I'm very excited to be able to share out of that context and out of God's Word the principles that are changing my life and will change yours. My name is Ron, and I'm the lead pastor at New Life, and I'm honored to speak to you for the next 30 minutes or so about how uh, God will change your life and mine. I was also very blessed by a number of you on the way in this morning when I said, Happy New Year. Your response to me was, Best Year Ever. Okay? And if you look at the title of this particular series of sermons, it is Best Year Ever. And that is my prayer for you. That is my prayer for us. And there's a way that that can actually happen And we're going to talk about that this morning. But before we do that, would you join me in a very simple prayer? Uh, God, as we begin, we want to begin sort of right at the beginning, recognizing that life is a gift from you. And if this is going to be our best year ever, it will be because we have put ourselves in a position to receive from you blessings. We've put ourselves in a position to receive from you instruction. And we will leave this place to follow the instruction that you give. So would you bless us in that partnership this year? And even this morning, as we seek to connect with you, would you teach us things that would be important for us to learn? I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. That is our prayer. So let's jump right in. So if you'll open your program and you'll pull out from your program this sheet of paper, it's got fill-in-the-blank notes and fill it in as we go along. Uh, That will certainly help you not only learn but remember. It'll give you something to read back through during the week. And I would challenge and encourage you to do that as well. It will certainly sort of... uh, confirm to you and cement in your mind the things that we're going to talk today we're going to talk about today um, as we look into this Bible teaching. Let's start with some background Bible teaching. Take a look at the video screens. And here's one of my anchor verses. Now I told you a while ago I've been a Christian for many years and every verse in the Bible is very important and it has very good things to say. 
But there are a few verses that are I just consider my anchor verses. And that's I, I throw a rope around that, I tie onto that, and I say, you know, I'm going to hang on to that for all of my life. I want to learn that verse, I want to understand that verse, and it becomes something that guides me in life. Here's one of my anchor verses. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And the hymn is God. For he who comes to God must believe two things, that He is... And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want to teach you four principles out of that passage, just as a background of what we're going to get into this morning. Principle number one is this. Connecting with God certainly is an exercise of faith. If we're going to connect with God, then we're going to have to exercise our faith. I wrote in my notes this. No faith... No connection with God, no rewards. It's just that simple. If I don't have a faith and I don't live in that faith, you know, when I bow my head and close my eyes and begin to pray, I don't see God any more than you do. But I have experienced Him in life, and I know that He exists because of what this passage is saying to me. So I want to say to you, if even if this is your very first time to be in church, you need to understand that church is an exercise of faith. Now, God created you to be able to have faith, and God created you to walk in that faith, and when you do walk in that faith, amazing things take place in your life, because that's how God designed for you and me to live. Number two, it's important that we understand that it's God's nature to reward. You know what this means? That God is more like a grandparent than a substitute teacher at school. Okay? Yeah. It's God's nature to reward. In my notes, I wrote down, He doesn't just hand out occasional rewards when someone goes way above and beyond the call of duty and God feels somehow obligated to give that reward, though He kind of doesn't want to. But no, it's God's nature to reward. He loves to reward us. Like any good parent... When Monica and I were raising our children, and our children would come to us with a request, we had this this philosophy or principle of life that within reason, if there was a way we could say yes, we said yes. In other words, our default answer was yes, not no. Now, some of you were raised by parents that had the opposite default answer, correct? It was no unless you could prove it was okay. Well, I want you to understand that God's default answer is yes. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Principle number three is this, and that is rewards are the result of what? Investment. Now, this is where God and grandparents part ways. Grandparents give you cookies even when you don't invest anything. And sometimes even when you don't say please and thank you. They just give you cookies because they want you to like them. Well, God's not very insecure. He's not all that concerned with whether we like Him or not. He would, he's far more interested in our love than in our like, if you understand what I mean by that. And so God has, as Kevin taught us very well a couple of weeks ago... There are some 7,000 promises in the Bible, but every single one of them 
has an if connected to it. It has, in some way, a caveat connected to it because God doesn't just randomly hand out promises and rewards to people indiscriminately, but the rewards of God come. In this verse, what does it say? God is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek Him. The diligently seeking Him is the investment, and the reward is what He gives us. And then principle number four is this. This investment principle is found throughout Scripture over and over and over again. And I've, I put a Scripture up here, up here that virtually all of us have heard somewhere at some time. It says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Do you understand the investment principle? The first one says, it doesn't say it will be given to you whether you ask or not. It says what? You have to invest by asking. The next one says, you have to seek if you expect to find. And you have to knock if you expect the door to be opened to you. I'm all, whenever I read that verse, I'm always reminded of an old Frank and Ernest cartoon where they were both sitting at home and they were unemployed. And one of them looked at the other one and said, I'm not going out to look for a job because I want to be home when opportunity knocks. Okay, it's probably a misunderstanding of that, of that concept. You have to go out and knock on the door of opportunity. And so that, that investment principle is everywhere. And I'm going to teach you more about that investment principle this morning. So let's, let's put together a thought question that's the background for this. Now that we know this, here's the thought question for the day. How can I invest? Because rewards always follow investment. How can I invest in this coming year in such a way that I can receive God's full and complete rewards? Now the truth is, If I'm going to go through this year, and this is going to be the best year ever in my life, it will not be because I'm the smartest person in the world. It will not be because I'm the most talented person in the world. It won't be because I'm the most gifted person in the world. It won't be because I'm the wealthiest person in the world or the most well-known or any of that stuff. If this is going to be the best year ever in my life, it's going to be for one reason and one reason only, and that is because I have aligned my life, my heart, my behavior with the will of God to the point that God pours out into my life His full and complete blessing. Because trust me, nothing you can earn or do on your own will compare with what could happen in your life if you and I experience God's full and complete blessing. That's really the heart of this. Now, we've already learned four things, and let's review for just a minute the four things that we've learned, and here they are. Number one, God will reward me if I meet with Him daily. That was the first point that we learned back in the first message of this series. If I meet with Him daily. Why? Because I said a while ago, God's not really after my like, He's after my what? My love. Yeah. In fact, in the most famous prayer in the Bible, the Lord's Prayer, the first two words are, Our Father. What father doesn't want to have a loving relationship with his children? You know, I've got kids that that live right across the driveway from me. I kind of like that. 
Okay, and when a day goes by and I don't see them, somehow I find a way to sneak down to their house. Because I just like seeing them every day. I've got three grandkids that live right across the driveway. I like seeing them every day. This, this Christmas I opened up um, a present from one of my grandkids that lives in Honolulu. And it was great because I opened it up and it was a book. It was a book called Grandpa. And G is for, and the great thing was, they actually recorded it in their own voice. So here's my grandson, nine, eight, nine years old, and he's reading to me this book. And I flip the next page. The book is designed in such a way that every, every page you flip, he reads that page to you. You know something? Yesterday was not Christmas, but I got it out and listened to it again. You know why? Because it's the closest I can get to my grandchild meeting with me on that day. Second thing we learned is that God rewards me if. If I study and do His Word. I want you to write down this principle. It's a real simple one. And that is, obedience draws me near to God. Disobedience or neglect puts distance between us. Does that make sense? And when I study and do God's Word, when I study God's Word, it's not just that I would be smarter. In fact, learning without doing does not change your life. It actually works against you. Because the more that you know and the less that you do, the more guilty you feel. Does that make sense to everybody? And and if there's anything I don't want to do is come to church and be made to feel more guilty. Right? Right? I want God to help me deal with that guilt. So if I study and do God's Word, obedience draws me close. And the closer I am to God, if you could think of God in the middle of a circle and and the concentric circles that go out from it, the closer you get to God, the greater the rewards, the further you get from God, the less the rewards. I'll give you a different picture for that in just a minute. So God will reward me if I study and do His Word. The third thing we learned is this. God will reward me if I share the good news of Jesus. And we talked about how great it was that we could be members of a kingdom that Jesus ruled. And how, how much better that would be even than Disneyland if we could live there all the time. That we could be part of not the magic kingdom, but the eternal kingdom. And, and love would want others to be included in that. And if someone invited you to church here this morning, they invited, they invited you to church not because they just want you to be religious. They invited you to church because they have discovered what can happen in their lives through Jesus. And they're saying to you, this is too good f- to miss out on. You want to come and be part of this. And then number four, God will reward me if I serve others. And we talked about... Serving those in need. We talked about serving other people, but doubly serving those who are in need because that's what love calls us to do. So now this morning, we're going to take a look at the final two from this sermon series that we can add to that list of four. But I want to tell you right up front that these two could be two of the most challenging because we're talking about the investment principle and we're talking about investing two of our resources that we are the most jealous and stingy with. Time? And what do you think the other one is? Man, you guys are good. (laughs) Time and money. 
So let's talk a little bit about that, okay? I want to give you three sets of steps. And so I took the time to draw these out because they would be a lot neater than if I just sketched them out in a hurry. And I want to give you three sets of steps this morning. And the first set of steps are the steps to rewards, okay? And on this bottom level, and, and it was too tiny to have you write out, so I put all the answers in there. Are you grateful for that? You don't have to write in that, those little things. So down here, this bottom step is, I would be on my own, okay? You know what that means? That means I'm not investing anything in the principles of God, and God's not giving me any rewards. It means that my life is whatever I make of it. God adds no reward to it. And when my life is done, it's all done because it was just me. I lived on my own. I died on my own. And whatever I made of my life, that's exactly what I made of it. That's it. Okay? Then secondly would be above that is an initial reward. You get invited to church, you learn a principle, maybe you're struggling with your parenting, you learn a principle at church, you go home, you put that into use, and God rewards you and starts to lower the stress in your home, and you think, man, that is really cool. God knows what He's talking about, and so you invest and you get your initial reward, and the sad thing to me is that some people live their whole life right there. It's just nice to know that God's there if I ever need Him. And if I ever run into another really big problem, I know right where I would go. But until that happens, I'm just satisfied to live right here. Okay? Now, God calls us a little bit more than that. If we want this to be the best year ever, and that is the next step up is an occasional reward. Okay? And that is, you know, I call on God a little bit more often, not once in my life, but two or three times whenever I hit major problems, or I, even if I, even if I want a major blessing. And so I kind of go to God whenever it's convenient for me, and I get these occasional rewards. And then up here is regular rewards. And maybe I drew one extra step. I sure did. I can't count very well. There you go. This is heaven, all right? You, you just put that down, all right? So you get regular rewards, and then last of all, not just regular rewards, but uh, you, you get this lifestyle of rewards, and that is God's full rewards. Now, I want to tell you right up front that this is the level that we're aiming for. Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah. Why would you settle for any of these when this is what Christ died for you to have, that you could have God's full, complete, and, and unrestricted rewards in this life and blessing on that level. So we're going to take a look at how that applies across the board. And here's the passage of Scripture I want to give you. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Draw a circle around sows sparingly, draw a circle around reaps sparingly, and connect them with a line. God wants you to connect those two together. If you're going out to plant grass in your yard, and you think, golly, this grass seed is really expensive. I've got this front yard, but you know, I think I'm just going to take a little cup of grass seed, and I'm going to sort of throw it out there, and wherever it lands, it lands, and hopefully it'll grow, okay? Well... You're going to get a yard that's mostly mud with a few blades of grass, correct? Because if you sow sparingly, that's how you're going to reap. But he goes on to say, and whoever sows generously 
will also reap generously. Now, most of us get that principle, but I want you to see the next principle, because if you don't combine it with that first principle, you miss the punch out of this verse. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Does that sound like the full reward of God? In fact, let's just do a fun thing. In the latter part of that verse, starting with God is able, let's go through and let's circle all of the things that the words that would refer to full or complete. Okay, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. You got the pattern? Yeah, that's God's full and complete blessing and reward. So that's the principle. If I sow big, I reap big. If I sow little, I reap little because God's the one who's in charge of that. Now, let's take our second set of steps. And these are going to be steps to the first of the two principles I'm going to teach you this morning. And that is, God will bless me if I tithe... My income. In other words, if I give 10% of my income to Him. And I realize if this is your first time here, you're going, whoa, that, that's a big jump. Well, friends, that's why there are steps. All right? So let's talk about the steps. And the first step down here would be the step of someone who simply doesn't give. My money is mine. I'm not going to give my money to a church. I'm certainly not going to give my money to God. I don't think He needs it. All right? He can get along without my money. In fact, I, I don't trust churches with my money because, you know, they're filled with hypocrites and all they want is my money anyway. So there you go. That's the bottom step. Now, the next step would be what we would call first-time givers. And we have people in this church virtually every Sunday who decide to give for the very first time. And when you do, you get a letter from us because we recognize that there's a significant step from here to here. There's a step of trust. There's a step of value. There's a step of belief. There's a step of faith. But there's a step beyond first-time giver, and that is to become a regular giver. And that's also a step. It's one thing to give an initial contribution, whether it's small or large. It's another thing to say, no, I'm going to build this into my life, and I'm going to make this a regular thing that I do. I want to be a regular supporter of what God's doing in this church and also around the world. Then there's the, the, the step of becoming a tither, which by definition means 10%. This person could be giving 1% or 2% regularly, 5% regularly, but 10%. And then up here, we have those who are extravagant givers. You think, wow, are there people that actually give more than 10% of their income to God's kingdom? And the answer to that is yes. I happen to have been raised by wonderful parents who, who gave twice that much on a regular basis out of their income. And they gave that culture to me as a kid. And I'm grateful for that. So there you have the steps. Now what I want you to see, remember these steps that we just went through where I'm on my own 
and then I get an initial blessing from God and so forth, they translate right into these steps. So if I, if, if I don't give to God, I'm on my own. On the other hand, if I'm a first-time giver, then I get some initial reward from God in some way. God will meet me in that space in my life. If I choose to climb this ladder of generosity toward God, then God chooses to meet me and pour out into my life His blessing. Now, I want you to understand that this is not like, oh good, I want $100 worth of blessings this week, so I'm going to give God 100 bucks. Okay? You can't manipulate God. This is a lifestyle thing. This is a love thing. This is a, this is a valuing God's kingdom thing. And if you think, oh, good, I'll just get out my checkbook, I'll write a check, and I'll go, good, now God's obligated to me. Friends, God's not obligated to anybody. Does that make sense to everybody? It's not until I decide that I believe in what God is doing, and therefore I want to invest, that I can expect God then to begin to reward me. Now I want to point you to a passage of Scripture that shows us some very interesting concepts about this. In Malachi chapter 3, God says, bring the, to the storehouse a full tenth of what you earn. That's the tithe, which is sort of God's standard that He calls us to live at. So that there will be food in my house. Now, I want you to circle this next phrase, test me in this. That's the only time in Scripture where God says that. But he does say, test me in this. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out blessings you need. I will stop the insects so that they will not eat your crops. The grapes won't fall from your vines before they are ready to pick, says the Lord All-Powerful. All the nations will call you blessed because you will have such a pleasant country, says the Lord All-Powerful. I want you to think about that for a minute doesn't mean these people didn't have problems. But the people around them noticed there was a marked difference between this group of people and this group of people. And the difference was this group of people walked in connection with God and they sowed generously in the kingdom of God and they received God's full and complete reward. And these people only got an occasional blessing or two. And it was obvious the difference. And that's what God says to us. Now, let me give you um, an interesting challenge. Because God says, test me in this. I I have a couple of questions to ask you. Number one, if I were to say to God, okay, God, I'll test you. I'm going to give you the 10-minute test. All right? And the 10-minute test is I'm going to write out a check, and within 10 minutes I expect a reward. How many of you think God might be in on that? That's probably not going to happen, right? Because we understand that if we're going to actually do this with God, it's got to be over a period of time. And so I want to give you an idea, a concept, and I want to invite you to it. And I would call it the four-month tithe challenge. Give God four months and say, I'm going to tithe off my income for four months. And I'm going to see if God won't step up to the plate and do exactly what He said. And bless me in my life. And I know many people who have taken that tithe challenge, and I don't know one person who's ever come to me and said, golly, I wish I had never done that. I got ripped by God. So this morning, I'm going to, right at the beginning of 2010, I'm going to issue that challenge to those of us who don't yet tithe. I'm sorry, thank you, it is 2011. Okay? So there you go. Now let's take this final set of steps. And the final set of steps are steps to fellowship, okay? 
And in this church, the principal thing that God has called us to in terms of developing fellowship is our life groups. Those are groups of 8 to 12 people, 8 to 20 people who meet together on a weekly basis and study some portion of Scripture or some subject matter in life that God speaks to in His Word. And it's in these settings that we actually form new friendships. It's in these settings. Uh, I put in my notes, joining a life group is what changes me from going to church to actually being the church. And it's where that real fellowship takes place. So... In the levels down here, this is somebody with no life group. You could figure that out, okay? And so whatever they get, they just get on their own. There's no blessing of fellowship that's added to it. The next level is here's someone who's a member of a life group. The next level is here's someone who's an apprentice in a life group. This is someone who's learning to be a life group leader and saying, I can invest more than a member. Here's somebody who's an actual life group leader who says, you know, I can put some preparation in and I think God could use me to actually help other people. And you notice you climb up these one step at a time and then last of all, here's someone who's a coach who says, you know, I've been walking up this ladder and it's time for me to step up to the plate and actually help other leaders learn how to lead their groups. And I can coach them in that. It's a pretty natural progression. And in this church, that's how God develops fellowship in us. So I have a challenge to add to that. And that challenge is starting in January, actually starting next week, we're getting all set up for our next session of of life groups that will go February, March, and April. Um, Yes, February, March, and April. We call it the Spring Life Group Session. And so the challenge is for all of us to say, hey, I'll accept that challenge. I'm going to become part of a life group during the spring of this year, and I'm going to give God a chance to grow that fellowship in my life and so forth. How does that work? Take a look at this passage of Scripture. This is the Apostle Paul. And by the way, if there's anyone in the Bible who probably didn't need, what shall I say, a growth pill in his spiritual development, but was probably pretty well-developed, it would be the guy who wrote half of the New Testament. But I want you to see what he wrote to the people in Rome. He said, I want very much to see you, to give you some spiritual gift to make you strong. I mean that I want us to help each other with the faith we have. And notice what he says, your faith will what? Help me. Now, friends, if that was good for the Apostle Paul it's probably good for all of us. Your faith will help me, and my faith will help you. That all begs an interesting question. Does it work? Now, the simple answer to that, whether it's this or about tithing or or God's rewards, the simple answer is yes, because God says so. And if God says so, you can take it to the bank. But I'll give you a little bit more detailed answer. Actually, I'm not going to give it to you. Uh, John Mills is going to give it to you. He's a guy who became a Christian in this church uh, a little over a year ago, and God's been working in his life. And you know that little thing that says, put God to the test? John's one of the people in the church who's actually done that. So many of you will recognize him. He often plays on our worship band. So would you welcome to the stage John Mills. Hello. I'm John, and uh, I've been asked uh, today to share with you guys a little bit um, about my spiritual journey and uh, an actual recent leap of faith uh, 
that I took. Um, it wasn't too long ago that uh, I found myself coming to this church. Um, and originally, uh, I had done it for the wrong intentions. I, I, I'm a musician. I love music. It's my passion. And for me, it was like a, a free rock concert every Sunday. So um, wrong intentions at, at first. But uh, as time went on, God started to speak to me uh, in my life. And uh, my relationship with him grew just faster and faster, more so and more so. Eventually, I found myself playing in the band and working in the youth ministry. Um, and things seemed to be going pretty good. Um, I had an amazing job. I, I managed a, a sports nutrition store where I was a certified nutritionalist and got to work in people's lives, making a difference with their health and working with athletes. And in a blink of an eye, um, the owner uh, had some personal demons in which he uh, had to sell the store uh, to pay for them. And I was forced out of a job. And uh, this is where I was very, very much so tested. Um, at first, I kind of had this feeling, well, you know, I have four years manager experience. I have a good resume. I'll bounce back. Uh, and that was sure, surely not to happen. It was actually about seven months that I had gone unemployed, uh, of which I never stopped pounding the pavement and applying. But I'm sure, as you guys know, uh, the world now is such an e-world. It's Everything is Internet. It's so... There's no human-to-human personal basis anymore. So the, it's blind application process. Everything's done online. You don't. There's no more meet and greet. And uh, I was being rejected. Uh, things like too overqualified, someone else better fit the candidacy, or just no replies to several, several jobs. And uh, I'd never, never experienced such a vast rejection before uh, of all kinds. And... Uh, the next emotion that was sure to come was anger. Uh, I, I always considered myself trying to challenge myself spiritually, and things were going right, and then they went wrong. So anger was the first thing to come. And uh, so the first thing I started to do was I became very stingy with my money. I wasn't sure the next time I was going to be on a payroll. So I, I made every excuse I could and finally came to, well, now I gotta, I'm going to stop giving to the church because uh, I don't have any money to give. And it was just in that where uh, my leap of faith occurred and God had challenged me. I was actually reading the Bible, and I came across um, Luke 21, which says, While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than the rest of you, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she is poor, and she has given everything she has. And that's when I realized the next part in my spiritual journey is I was, God wanted me to, was going to test me. And so I decided to take a leap of faith and start giving money that I didn't have, only out of faith that I knew he could, he could come through for me and, and supply me with what I needed to live on a daily basis. And uh, sure enough, uh, I, I gave. And as time went on, I just, I actually felt like it was really silly because uh, there was nothing coming of it. I was still rejection after rejection. And it, it 
started to just hurt being rejected um, so much. And it reached a point where I thought I should just give up. And just as that happened, um, I'm, I'm, it's not not even lying about it, true story. I, I fell to my knees and prayed about it. And immediately after I said amen, it began to rain for 10 seconds and then let up. And it was really amazing because it was in that I, I realized that something, I just felt something inside was going to happen. And uh, sure enough, an hour later, I got a phone call with a job opportunity. And uh, he supplied, he, the God, God came through and supplied me with the job that would for sure uh, bring me out of, you know, my financial ruins. So it, that, to me, was just proof that uh, God, God is jealous for a relationship with each and every single one of us. And when trials arrive, whether they be money, relationship, sin, um, it's more so do you trust in the one Lord God that he will draw near to you and come through for you. Thank you. I I often say I wish it could be in my shirt pocket and hear the stories that people share with me. But I remember the Sunday that John made that leap of faith. And he came to me and said, I've been unemployed for seven months. And I, and I feel like God is saying to me, it's time for you to trust me and take a leap of faith. And I was so excited. By the way, if you ever want the pastor to pray for you, I mean fervently pray for you, doesn't have to be just about money. But you tell the pastor you're taking a leap of faith in any area of your life. Because I get on my knees and say, God, you've got to come through for them. Okay? They're taking a leap of faith. And what a great thing. So I wanted John to share that story with you. So as we close, take, take your card, your uh, start here card that Kevin had you take. Because I want to give you a way to respond this morning. And there's actually, I think, five different ways to respond. Okay? And the first way is I'm choosing today to become a Christian. That's virtually always on there. Sometimes it has a little bit different wording, but this morning it's just flat out. I'm choosing to become a Christian today. And, uh, you know, I was praying through the requests from last week and the responses and so excited to see that at least one person uh, last week, and it's not unusual for us to have many more than one, that I knew was not a follower of Christ made that decision last week. And they don't even live here. They came here during the Christmas season. But how great that they made that decision. We get a chance to follow up with them. Secondly, I'm, I'm taking the next step on the steps to tithing. So if you're a person who hasn't given, make your first gift. Or if you're a person who's given once, then decide to become a regular giver. If you're a regular giver, then say, hey, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to become a tither. Whatever that next step is, if God's calling you to do that, and you know that, then if this is going to be your best ever, year ever, you can't say to God, nah, I don't really want to do that. Okay? Respond to Him. Then I'm taking the next step on the steps to fellowship. Some of us have been members of a life group for a long time, but we've never actually considered stepping up and becoming an apprentice. Or we've been an apprentice, we've never thought about stepping up and becoming a leader, and so forth. So whatever that might be. And then the last two are I'm taking the four-month tithe challenge. And uh, I want to suggest to you, I'm a tither, but I'm going to take that challenge anyway. I'm going to continue tithing for the next four months and expect God to come through. So if you're going to take the tithe challenge, then I, I, would, I want to encourage you to do that. And then I'm taking 
uh, the Spring Life Group Challenge, I'm doing that as well. So I want to encourage you to do that too, so that you're investing. Remember the thought question, how can I invest so I can receive God's full and complete rewards? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the clarity of your word. Thank you so much for truth. Thank you so much for calling us to a life, even as Maria led us uh, a while ago, in, in what can I sacrifice this year? And, and what a simple but powerful song that reminds us, in the end, it really doesn't turn out to be a sacrifice. It's our life. And you bless us way more than we could ever bless you. Would you speak to us right now? Call us to specific responses to your teaching this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.